0: We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia.
1: The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture.
0: And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show.
1: You can't handle the truth. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> we are going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world?
0: <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted, the film show. I'm Cecilia and across from me is Lewis. Uh, we are... Both in the studio tonight. Rachel is off this evening, but I'm sure she'll return soon. Um, she
1: is. Uh, the uh, young Bryce has got the spicy flu. The spicy flu. S- Yes, yeah, so we would like to to, to wish him uh, well, and we hope that uh, uh, both uh, Rachel and Chris have managed to avoid getting the, the the spicy flu. So fingers crossed for fingers
0: them. Fingers crossed, and I'm sure they've been lots uh, watching lots of TV and film while uh, they've been locked down. I think they're show.
1: watching Ratatouille as we speak.
0: I know. I'm very <laughs> jealous about the fact that they're watching Ratatouille. I love that film. Um, I- it also reminds me of the uh, latest film, Everywhere. Oh, my goodness, the name escapes me. Everywhere.
1: Uh, Oh, God. (laughs) Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, I
0: still don't think that's right. Yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once. It's Um, a film
1: with the sausage fingers.
0: Yes. And also. (laughs) Sausage (laughs)
1: fingers.
0: they've got the um the ratatouille um yeah the guy oh
1: it's, it's raccoon it's a yeah. raccoon yeah, yeah. thank
0: you yes um i completely that, forgot about yeah. that that was in the film uh, if you haven't seen that film it's it's pretty epic so i do encourage people to check that one out i think it's still in cinemas now but um she's got michelle yeo in it and it's uh just it's brilliant it's it's just a science fiction slash comedy slash action of bizarreness uh, about a, a woman and her family who own a laundromat and things just go chaotic when they're at this tax office mm-hmm. they're doing their their tax audit and then all of a sudden Michelle Yeo's characters kind of descended into this kind of or she can, she has the ability to to hop into different universes. Well, it's no, a really hard film to describe. Yeah, it's not so
1: much she hops into different universes as much as um, she can take the, the the powers or the abilities of other hers yes. in different universes. Thank you, yes. Um, but, but when she's doing that we get to have a little glimpse into those different universes okay. and so you see a universe where she like made a different decision and became a really popular actress who happens to be a martial arts person. Um, but then there was another universe that she she pops into uh, where the people, for some reason, evolve with sausage fingers.
0: They do indeed yeah. have sausage fingers, which would be very difficult to do anything with. You'd have to utilise your feet a lot more. But, uh, yeah, really fun film. I, I really enjoyed that one. So it's still showing now on um, on the big screen, which is great. Awesome. So,
1: get out there and check it out. It's just great. Good. You need to have quirky, weird stuff like that.
0: I know. Yeah. I can't. And it's so hard to describe the film too, particularly because there's so much happening in it. And also, I often forget the title of the film. Yeah. Um. Or I, I, kind of play it in my head everywhere, everything, all at once. It's just um,
1: everything, yeah. everywhere, all at once. Exactly. Yeah. That
0: that rolled off the tongue nicely. That was beautiful. Hey,
1: are, are you are you tired of all the uh, election stuff yet? Or I it, thought you
0: were going to say, "Are you tired?" Not well, in The answer general. is yes. I'm always <laughs> tired, Lewis. I'm always tired, but of the election stuff. <laughs> I, do you know, I was pondering the other day, I was driving in my car and you know how you kind of continually see signs of mm. people who are running in the elections and it's just one after the other after other, just different people. I was like, I thought it was so funny that people before the election will just completely bombard you with that stuff. But nothing really prior. It's just mm. kind of just leading up to it. I'm like, yeah. you could be a little bit more proactive and get out there. And... uh you know, do that sooner, perhaps. Well,
1: I mean, there's nothing stopping like you people. know people who are going to be candidates. I think I think you can go around going, uh, "I'm going to be a candidate. Uh, this is you know, my platform car kind of thing." Mm. Uh, I think I think that's allowed. I think you can do maybe, that.
0: Maybe you can't. Is maybe yeah. why people leave it to the last minute. But I yeah, I was driving. And there was just sign after sign of different candidates, and I mm. was like. Dude, I've got no time to think about this. I needed more
1: time. Well, that, Sorry. That's the interesting thing is that the. Uh, um, I was just reading the the Coburn City Herald before we uh, we came to the studio, and I, I I love like um you know that's the thing like as you said it's the signs like when there's election time the signs are everywhere. That's just just how it is. Uh, but one um, federal politician who is in the uh, the city of Tangney, which is actually the the seat that I'm mm. in, um, Ben Morton, the the Liberal candidate and the sitting member um, he got a bit annoyed because in the, uh, the the city of Melville which I'm assuming he lives in the city of Melville they're allowing people to put their election signs just on on public land <laughs> and he's annoyed because back in the day uh, you know if you want to put it on public land you had to go and get you know, council permit and everything like that yeah. and uh, and basically like uh, you know if you wanted to put up a sign in the city of Melville you had to you know put it on your own property. And uh, you know who people generally vote for in the city of Melville? Liberal! (laughs) Mr Morton, he's a bit annoyed. He's annoyed that the people in the city of Melville (laughs) might find out there's other options. You might want to vote Labor or Green or one of the other parties. Don't vote any whack job parties. Please, Please don't. research. Don't vote whack job it's parties. It's not
0: funny to do donkey votes. It's not no. funny to vote for the most hilarious sounding party. It's your future people. Please do the right thing.
1: <laughs> I wish to God we had the monster raving loony party here in, in, in Australia though. <laughs> That's in America, oh, not America. In England, there's a monster, monster raving loony party, uh, and there's yeah. like people like Lord Buckethead and and uh, people like that that uh, they go up for every election. They never win, but it's a it's a bit of fun. But uh, here, our loony parties that are actually freaking nuts. So yeah, do not vote careful. for the loony parties. Do not vote for the racist parties. Uh, but have a, have a look at the uh, the, the parties who are going to be running this country, and you know decide which ones are going to be the best for your interests. Yeah, uh, you know, if you you want to have you know sustainable. Media care and uh you know uh you know good schools and mm. you know uh you know looking after old people yeah just uh just think about those kind of things um anyway uh, <laughs> try not to don't want to be too political. I just thought it was funny I just think it's funny when like it's like oh not my backyard literally like it's his backyard God. he's like oh, I don't want people knowing there's not the if <laughs> <Whoa." laughs> so that's how he talks I'm just assuming um
0: I would love if someone tuned in just to that very point to this and just heard you um Talking, right. just, yes, no. The it's all important stuff. So I'm glad we can bring some attention to it, and hopefully, uh, people out there listening right now will will think twice about who they vote for. And, and vote. they
1: will. They I think
0: research. Do you research people?
1: I, I must admit, though, both uh yeah, you know, both the leaders uh, of the major parties. They're both knobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, heard
0: you heard it here first, people. I,
1: honestly, I don't understand how, like, it just seems to be the case. Like, everyone just goes, oh, we'll just, uh, yeah, the the guy that's leading our, our um, and it's always a freaking guy these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I have. Yeah.
0: I have noticed that. The, the,
1: the guy that's leading our party is just a tool. Like, you know, you, you look at uh, ScoMo. Bit of a tool. Well, actually massive, massive tool. Uh, and then, then you look at uh, Albo and, and Albo as well. Like, you know, even though I'm a you know, person who prefers the, the, the Red and prefers yeah. the Labor Party, Albo, like, they could have done better. They, they could have got a better leader. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say but uh, you had four years to you cultivate did. a decent leader and that's the best you can do? That
0: is, Yeah.
1: I mean, and you look back back in time, like, uh, you know, Bob Hawke. I mean, that's 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 charisma there. Look at that. Bob Hawke was a you know a good leader. You know, he was just a you know, great guy to caricature. Like, you know, cartoonists. I know. Balls to the wall back in the day. Absolutely. Look, just knocking out the Bob Hawks. Even Paul Keating. Like, mm. you know, Paul Keating, he was a you know good leader as well. Somebody with a, a strong kind of face and, like, strong convictions. Um, even John Howard. Like, mm. you know, go on the Liberal side of things. Like, that guy was running the country for years, made some good changes. We don't have, like... You you know, uh, massive gun violence in this country, thanks to that guy.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, so yeah, you know, it's it's just funny how we used to have good leaders and good politicians, mm. and now we're just like left with these numpties. <sighs>
0: Something's
1: got to change. It does, it does. I think, like, uh, the the thing is, like, you know, you look at the country, you look at the world, most of the world is led by men, Mm. you know, and in most of the the places, you know, most of the Western world, America, in the UK, in Australia, most of the the men that are running the country are old white men. Now, I think, you know, they've done it for a long time. Uh, The world's looking pretty shocking. I think maybe, just maybe... Time to let the girls have a chance.
0: I agree, yeah. please. Yeah. Who run this world? Yeah. Girls. Exactly. Who exactly. We we'll put this world, as no, Beyoncé once said, yeah. I think. I think that was Beyoncé.
1: We need to put women in charge. We do. Because women aren't driven by testosterone. You know, it's <laughs> not like you, you put these like, you know, hormone rage monsters in charge of things. It's never going to end well. No. You know, they've had a crack, they've done a pretty poor job let's just go with women and just see what things are. And I'm not saying just in Australia, I'm saying everywhere. It's kind of like there's no more men being put up as the, the leader of those parties, always got to be a woman. Let's give it two decades just to see how things turn out. You know, mm. If it doesn't go well, then we can always go, go back to men, but I've got a feeling it will probably be a better place if women were in charge.
0: You know, it reminds me of that Twilight Zone episode of the the more recent series by Jordan Peele where all the men just suddenly start acting like animals and just attacking each other (laughs) and trying to attack everybody and it's kind of up to the women to just take control and and run over the the world and I think it's all down to yeah testosterone so there you go that
1: just happened. And I think women uh, like uh, I've been told uh, women are able to multitask uh, better than men can which is
0: I think Maybe percentage-wise, but, I mean, for me personally, no, I can't multitask. At all, but that's not to say that most women are not good at multi time. I mean, mm. look at um, you know, the prime minister of New Zealand, oh, she's a example. mother, yes, she's just carrying her baby around and she's leading the country. Look at just her, she's into, um, a strong woman. Fantastic. I love her, yeah, we do she's more. awesome.
1: And that's what, like basically when uh, you know, uh, the, the dawn comes of a new day, mm. it's always in New Zealand, yeah, because that's like kind of the start of, of, of where 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 time starts, isn't it? In yeah. New Zealand, like the sun comes up it's going to be there first before anyone else yes so i think that uh, we've seen the dawn of a new era they've got a a female leader we should all follow suit
0: she's just so <laughs> cool like you just see her she's just winning at life that lady yeah, she is. like she really does a good job like her husband must be it's so funny to see that kind of dynamic he he seems very supportive of her so i wonder what she just does on the weekend
1: I I think when you're in those kind of roles, the you don't really have exists. a weekend. Yeah, no, 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 you wouldn't, would you? Yeah, it's kind of uh, yeah, it's twenty four seven kind of gig.
0: Yeah, phone calls, messages, yeah. emails. Yeah, it'd be a tough gig, and and throw in being a mother. Whoa, mm. what a yeah. But no, nah, uh, she's doing a great job. So shout out to to her. If she's listening. <laughs> not that she would be, but you know, someone can get the message across. Yeah, big
1: up, big up, sister. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> good
0: job, good job. Well, we might take a small break. Um, that because that's the the politics part of the show (laughs) (laughs) and we'll come back and we'll talk about some films
1: you're listening to unscripted the film show
0: so i was on binge the other day it's one of the services i still one of my streaming services that i still have i still have a few um you know i mean they're not that expensive you might as well have you know access to as many as you want really Mm. why not well, it's just, you know, uh, it all adds up at the end of the month. <laughs> Dep-
1: just depends <laughs> on how much money you've got, the idiots, Oh dear, oh,
0: I just keep forgetting to um to cancel one. But that's,
1: and- the, yeah, that's the thing. I was like, at the moment, I've got uh, the WWE Network. That's mm. like fifteen bucks a month. Yeah, I got Fight, which is fifteen bucks a month. Uh, we've got Netflix, which is however bucks a month that is. Uh, we've got Stan, and I think that's the extent of the moment. I am thinking about like canceling one of the wrestling ones, yep. Fight or WWE, and. Just um, having
0: just having one wrestling outlet. Yeah,
1: just uh, <laughs> I'm thinking like I've done WWE for a long time. I think I might just let that go and yeah. just uh, yeah stick to AEW for. You can a always while.
0: jump back on if you need. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I and you know how they have the kind of screen up the top that highlights things that are premier oh. airing or that that's new. I, I'm not very good with words today. <laughs> it's been a long week, so excuse me. But I seen this one pop up and it said the staircase, and there was an image of Tony Collette and. Colin Firth now I love Colin Firth huge fan so immediately I was drawn in then I read the synopsis of this turns out this is based on uh the the kind of retelling of a true crime story and I don't remember I don't know if you remember a few years ago I think it was Rachel and I that spoke about the staircase which was a docuseries on Netflix a true crime series it was about So back in 2001, uh, Kathleen Peterson was found dead at the bottom of her stairs in a North Carolina home that she shared with her husband who was a novelist um, or who is a novelist. And his name's Michael Peterson. Now, shortly after this, Peterson was charged with first degree murder. It was believed that Kathleen's injuries were so severe uh, that it was kind of difficult to to say that it was just a fall down the staircase she had like 36 lashes to the back of her head there was blood everywhere they did like blood splatter analysis and over this and the trial that followed was full of these twists and really interesting theories there was one about you know the fact that they were out in the pool yard and while she was walking back to the house, she was attacked by owls and that's where some of these lashes came from. So there's so many crazy kind of um, theories. So the real-life events and the the actual um, trial was documented by a French um, man who produced an English-language documentary series which is now available and you can watch it on Netflix. So it might be worth watching this before you watch this um recreation i suppose but this is an eight-part series it stars colin firth as michael peterson and you've got tony collette as kathleen uh, you've also got parker posey in there uh rosemary D. witt and you've also got patrick schwarzenegger in it as well but it's based on the true story and uh, retells the kind of infamous murder charge of 2001 and the trial that followed so it's three episodes in at the moment and it's due to be eight but it's quite an interesting watch because the the original kind of docu-series focuses on Michael's journey and kind of the nitty-gritty legal kind of manoeuvrings and things like that. But this actually widens the canvas a little bit because we get to see uh the events leading up to the incident so we get a little bit of a glimpse of Kathleen's life and the family dynamic because they had all these stepkids and mm-hmm. you know some were her kids some were his kids so, so it was like a screwed up Brady Bunch it, it was <laughs> and and really the family really were divided as to whether Michael was innocent or not so some of the family believed he was and some of the family didn't so there was that interesting part of it as well and Michael was such an interesting character to watch. He was quite a, he had these mood swings. He was quite arrogant. um, And he seemed to have this kind of, he seemed to like the sound of his own voice, to put it so it really is interesting, but you've got all these flashbacks leading up to the to the events as to what or who you think Kathleen might have been. Mm-hmm. But it's such an interesting series. I'm really enjoying watching Colin Firth uh, embody Michael Peterson. He really brings in the, the way he spoke and the way he kind of looked. And, and things like that, because
1: generally he plays like a really nice, lovable kind of character. He does. So to see him as like, is he playing it as a bad guy, or is he playing it as like he shows a good person, but then shows like you know signs of being probably a bit bad? And
0: yeah, so so far he, he's certainly playing for the first three episodes. He's the the grieving right. husband, if you like. So he's really, you know, putting it on as mm. as he's grieving, which he may very well be, but. I've seen the original docu-series and I really don't think that this was an accident based on what I've seen and heard. Mm. So for me, I'm watching this going, yeah, he's got to have something to do with this. But in the first three episodes, uh, he's definitely that grieving, in quote marks um, for those who can't see, grieving husband. And you're slowly starting to see that kind of arrogant, moody side come out um, as people kind of, yeah, start to accuse him. Of certain things um, but it's such an interesting case if people haven't heard or seen this it's so the, the original docu-series was just so fascinating, there's so many things that, you un, that unravel about this case and it's like wow so, yeah, I'm interested to see how the rest of the series plays out, but really enjoying Tony Collette as Kathleen as well.
1: And they're uh, both obviously playing Americans. So, they an are. English guy and an, uh, Australian, an Australian But, but yeah. we've seen uh, Tony Collette play American a lot. Yes. But I don't know, I can't remember Colin Firth playing American before. He, he must has, have done. He,
0: he has, I think. But yeah, it's hard to recall because he's. Oh, I just love him, though. He, mm. he does. He always plays a really convincing character. And even though you know it's Colin Firth and sometimes he does sound the same, he's still really enjoyable to watch. So I'm interested to see if Rachel has uh, potentially seen this or knows about this because I know she did watch, I think she watched the original docuseries because I remember us going back and forth about all these crazy theories that they had. um, Well, she does
1: love her true crime. She does. hmm.
0: So I would be absolutely surprised if she hadn't seen the original or hadn't heard about this case. So, yeah, that is streaming on binge now the first three episodes are up. They're about an hour each. Mm, mm. So, but there's a lot to kind of pull in, in, and it's obviously a dramatized version as well. Particularly because yeah. we're focusing on the events leading up to when really we don't know if that's that's accurate or not because we don't really know the events mm. leading up. It,
1: um, yeah, it's kind of weird when you got these these stories where you know uh, somebody has died and it's possible they could have been killed or like it could have been an accident. But in this this case, it sounds like like she was definitely killed. If there was like those marks on her.
0: Mm. Well, there's these theories that <laughs> I, I don't want to give too much away, no. but there was a theory that she fell down the stairs. And then she tried to get back up. So she's hit her head once, uh-huh. tried to get back up, hit her head again. And then she's turned her head and coughed and spurted blood one way and then turned her head the other way and spurted blood the other way. While she's falling
1: down the stairs? Or?
0: No, as she's laying there trying to ah. get up. And she's trying to get up right. because there was blood all over her feet as well. Uh-huh. There was blood all up the wall, Um it was just and all these lashes to the back of her neck, like she was beaten or something. But yeah, there's just some crazy theories and there's another uh, twist in this that I won't mention on air, even though the case is you know almost two decades old. But um,
1: oh, also, yeah. this happened a long time ago, then. Yeah, back ah. in
0: 2001, so around the same time as the the twin towers um, happened. But oh. there's something else that happened in Michael's life, which is just. Yeah, you hear about that and you just put that together with this and it's so... Interestingly, though, the 2001 or the the docuseries 2004, sorry, is very biased. It really focuses heavily on Michael's story. Mm -hmm. Very rarely touches base with uh, Kathleen's family who were 100% against Michael. Right, um, right. Apparently I think they were asked to participate in the documentary but may may have refused. So I'm interested to see how the family feels about this uh, this this series. So
1: That that's yeah we've mentioned before like how yeah they've got to be involved you would think because otherwise how can you be portrayed in something if you haven't given permission just exactly yeah it's 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 one of those things always i don't understand how it works like we're talking about uh, pam and tommy and how pamela anderson was apparently like no i've got nothing to do with that like how can you make a show about someone if that person doesn't want a show being made about them i just don't understand how that works
0: I know, I might do a little bit more research mm. on, on this and bring that back next week uh, as to kind of the, the nitty and gritty but it is on binge now so I'm going to keep watching that and see how that unfolds. Even though I kind of know how it, mm. it ends, there's still some, yeah, interesting stuff that I've got to watch in this. So uh, there you go.
1: I, I'd like to say that I uh, have watched um, stuff this week but um, except for we went and saw um, – for Olivia was it four or two two uh, to Olivia, to Olivia. Mm. we saw two Olivia uh, last night uh, which is a film about uh, Roald Dahl and his family um, but uh, yeah other than that I I um, I bought a Nintendo Switch on uh-huh. uh, on the weekend or Cat and I bought a Nintendo Switch on the weekend because um, I've just been finding that I've been spending a lot of time uh, watching TV or movies mm. and it's a very passive kind of pursuit yeah um and uh, I, I do like playing games, but uh, I, I wanted to get something where it would be more active. And the, the Switch, has got. Do you remember the Wii? The Nintendo Wii?
0: Yeah, where you're yeah. really engaged and active and you kind of use your arms yeah. and you, you kick around. See, I love how you say, do you remember that, like it was a long time ago. You were in fact right. It was a long time ago that they were released, but it feels like yesterday.
1: Yeah, because it, like the, the, um, it was about yeah five years that the Switch came out mm. and the Switch has got a similar capability with the uh, motion controls, uh, but it's just done so much better than it was on, on the Wii. And they've got a, a game which is like sports and it's got bowling, and like tennis and volleyball, and there's this thing where you can strap the control to your leg and play soccer. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, so yeah, I got the uh, that, and I've just been playing uh, the the bit of games, playing Monopoly, nice on the uh, on the Switch, and uh, playing uh, the the sports. And uh can't got this game uh, which was uh, called um, what's oh oh I'm just I'm blanking on the name of the game. I think it was Illuminate or, or something. Oh, like that. Oh, that sounds familiar. Um, but yeah, it's just a uh, really cool game. I think it's a bit, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It's just weird and uh, I think it's going to be sad at one point. But, uh, oh. yeah, I'm just really enjoying having something like you know, more active. Yeah, story. and you're
0: really using that kind of muscle in your mind mm. to really engage with that as well because you're having to think about things and, and react and, mm. and, and things as well. So...
1: See, so, yeah, I just wanted to point out that I was just, just enjoying. Why like not? Some, another, another form of entertainment. But it, it is another form of entertainment. And yeah. just
0: because we do film reviews, it doesn't mean we can't do Nintendo Switch game reviews or, you know,
1: other. Why that, not? That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. You're
0: listening to Unscripted, the film show. You mentioned that we seen a film called To Olivia Mm -hmm. last night and prior to that we got to see the ad for the new Elvis film. Uh, which is going to be coming out later this year, I believe.
1: I believe so. Uh,
0: but it is the, yeah, Elvis Presley biopic by Baz Luhrmann. And I this is the first time I've seen the trailer to it. So, oh, okay. Uh, it was quite interesting for me to see this. You've got Austin Butler, who uh, I think most people re- will remember from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, he's actually taking on the role as, as Elvis in this. Um, it's simply titled... Elvis. Mm -hmm. What else would you call it, really? What Mm -hmm. else would you call it? But it looks really interesting and I'm seeing... It was hard for me to tell whether or not this film is going to have that typical Baz Luhrmann aesthetic that we're so used to seeing Mm. where it's very flamboyant, very loud, very colourful, very musical. Uh, And that's kind of where I was thinking, you know, yeah, I I wonder if we'll get that or if it's going to be simply kind of the, the tone that the trailer gave us, which was not as his usual... I suppose.
1: It seemed like more of a by-the-numbers biopic. Mm. Um, and it was uh, interesting that it didn't – Like I, a lot of these biopics will take a, a – uh, time in someone's life, yeah, and do the story around uh, that. Uh, but this was looked like it was a very uh, cradle to grave kind of thing. I mean, obviously they they showed him as a young boy, uh, as like the Elvis in his prime, and then they did show the kind of like yo know, um, glittery suits with capes kind of Elvis, yes. which is the end of his life. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see like how it uh, how it all plays out. But um, when you see Tom Hanks in that, he's he's very different looking to Tom Hanks that we've ever seen before.
0: Yeah, he's definitely got some prosthetic Mm. going on there and he, he's playing uh, Elvis's manager and I, the name escapes Colonel
1: me. Tom Parker.
0: Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, so it's interesting but uh, I, I don't know how I feel about Austin Butler taking on the role. He doesn't really look like Elvis to me. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> Not to say would... that you have to go and find somebody that looks exactly like Elvis but surely there was somebody out there that looked more like Elvis than Austin Butler.
1: Well, when you think about like all the Elvis impersonators in the world Old who look like elvis <laughs> yeah you know, it wouldn't be that hard and they, not only do they look like elvis they sound like elvis it's just like yeah it's kind of weird that they they cast somebody who doesn't really look like elvis
0: yeah surely there had to have been somebody else yeah. out there maybe it's because he can sing and act and do all of those things i mean he's clearly channeling that um that very you know, typical Elvis voice Mm. that we're all familiar with and I would imagine that would be quite hard to maintain throughout. So he's clearly got that and I'm sure there's a lot of work that's gone into his uh, singing and voice Mm. acting to get to that point and even the mannerisms of of Elvis, the way that he kind of used his face, uh, he has those very facial expressions that we're used to Mm. seeing. So I'm interested to see how it it kind of all plays out but, you know, I trust Baz Luhrmann that he's done the best that he can and I really enjoy his work. I mean, You know, some things, not so much as others. You know, Australia wasn't the greatest (laughs) um, film. But, you know, you you get what you get when you have Baz Luhrmann. So I'm going to go into this with um, not too... I'm not going to be too critical, I suppose. I'm not going to have...
1: It'll be interesting to see if it is just a standard uh, biopic to see how good it is. Mm. Um, But, uh, yeah, because... Bad, as I said, he doesn't do things, he doesn't paint by numbers. No. He, he does things his own way and uh, dances to the beat of his own drum. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, what flourishes he puts on it.
0: Oh, and it is set to be released in uh, June 2022. 20, yeah. So, uh, And apparently, yeah, Butler has done a great job and has been praised for his commitment to the role, including the fact that he voiced Elvis's singing parts in the film as well. Um, so that's, that's pretty impressive, I must admit. Uh, to, to do all that and then yeah you've got um tom hanks in the film as well and you've also got olivia D. ong she's an australian uh, she'll be playing priscilla presley so she's an australian actress oh. um she was also or is also in the staircase as well i should mention um so yeah really interesting um yeah maggie gyllenhaal is in it as well
1: so, always good to see her and things. Always fantastic. good to see
0: Maggie Gyllenhaal in something. She's um, she's fantastic. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this this film to Excellent.
1: see how it um, plays out. So now, I reckon because we just talked about old Baz Baz, old Baz, Baz Baz Lumen, uh and him being an Australian and uh, you know an Australian filmmaker, uh, I thought maybe we should talk about um How to Please a Woman.
0: Yes, please. Uh
1: which is not only a Australian film uh but it's also a Fremantle film because it was made like you know literally kilometers from where we sit right right now. So, um yeah, it was um, really weird. I think I mentioned on last week's show uh, to see a a film like made here in Fremantle, in mm. Perth, you know, Fremantle area. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool because I mean, I guess people who are in like Sydney, Melbourne, uh, you know, uh, in America, in you know California, and all those kind of places, they're used to you know films being made around where they live and seeing you know their sites on the on the big screen. But here in Australia, it's uh, not not so much of a, a common occurrence. Um, so it was really nice to actually see you know things you recognise uh, on on the big screen and and see a movie uh, set in uh, in Fremantle. Um, now the movie uh, centres around uh, Gina, who is played by Sally Phillips. Now Sally Phillips is a, a British actress.
0: I oh, Sally Phillips. I know who Sally Phillips is because Sally Phillips was in. I think she made appearances in Miranda, the TV show.
1: Yeah, I believe so, yes. And
0: she's quite recognisable for a lot of comedy-related stuff in in Britain. So I think when you see her... uh, Oh, that's that's interesting. So Sally Phillips was here in Perth, WA.
1: She was. Oh, there you
0: go. I would have loved to have (laughs) met her.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so she, she was here uh, filming um, uh, this this film. And people would recognise her also from the uh, Bridget Jones films. Yes. She was in uh, all three of those. Um, she was also uh, Mrs Bennett in Pride, Prejudice and Zombies. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's uh, when you see her you're going, I, I know her, I know her. I know her. Um, there was probably a lot of people in Perth when she was here just going, I know you from somewhere, <laughs> ah. just pointing and wagging their finger. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but yeah, she plays uh, Gina, uh, who is uh, um, is married to uh, Adrian, played by Cameron Daddo, another another Australian actor. Mm. Uh, and she like their relationship is um, not great. Uh, they've been been together for a very long time, and the boil is decidedly off. Right, uh, not a lot of sexual stuff going on there. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so she's, uh, you know, just getting on with her, her life. She's got, you know, the people who go and swim in the ocean, no matter what, uh, temperature it is, you One know, of those, know, yep. they just go, they, that, that's the thing. They get up, <laughs> they go swim, they have a shower, they have a chat to the people they swim with. Um, that's, that's what she does. Like she does that in the morning. Uh, and then she goes off to her life and she works in a place where they, um, like one of those liquidation accounting kind of firms uh, where, yes, where yep. businesses are in trouble and they go in to see if they can save them or whether they just like sell them off. Um, so she goes and works for this this company and her boss is a, a right knob. Um <laughs> And he eventually lets her go. And, but she'd, uh, one of her last jobs she did was going to this company, which is a moving company. uh, And they were being, you know, liquidated. And so when she gets let go, uh, you know, uh, an idea starts forming in her head because her her friends pay for a a stripper to come to her house on her birthday. And uh, he said, I'm here to do anything that you want. And she goes, cool, clean my house. And, uh, and so he, like, you know, puts his, tucks his shirt into his back pocket and starts cleaning the house and she's like, there could be something in this. Like, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of women out there who would pay to have a hunky man clean their house. (laughs) So uh, she goes to the, um, uh, to buy the removalist company and on the side, as well as doing the removals, uh, the guys who work there start to clean women's houses but the women seem to want a bit more than just their house being cleaned, right? Yes, I see where this is going. Yeah, so inadvertently she, she becomes a bit of a, um, a pimp. I guess is is the best way of putting it. Um, but it's it's really you know it's a comedy. It's a uh, and it's a bit of a romantic comedy as well. Uh, Eric Thompson plays Steve. and uh, Eric Thompson is a, another Australian actor um, who you would see in uh, you know a lot of Australian films, the Black Balloons. Somersault. Um he was in he was Mitch Stevens in All Saints from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and three. Wow. Uh, he was in Back to the Rafters. Um, more recently, he was in this awesome show called Aftertaste uh, playing Eaton West, who was this uh, celebrity chef who went away, uh, went overseas, got disgraced, came back to uh, country Australia to uh, open up his own restaurant and it's really, really good. So if you can find Aftertaste, I recommend tracking that down. He's fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, and then you've, you've got the cast of her female friends uh, who start being clients of, of her business. and. It's a great film about um, female empowerment, female sexuality. Mm. Um, it's you know, it's uh, women uh, being empowered to ask for what they want. Um, and it's, it's just really good fun. Like, it's a fun movie. Uh, and it's just, uh, I, I really recommend it. I mean, it just blows me away that it was, you know, produced here in Perth. It was, you know, made, uh, it was written and directed by Renee Webster uh, who, uh, what else has she done here? She's known for... Uh, the Heights, Edgar and Liz. She, uh, she was involved with uh, Aftertaste, the, the the TV show oh, I just mentioned. Oh, There you go. That, uh,
0: that's that connection there. Does Sally Phillips have a Aussie accent, or is she British in
1: this? Well, that's the. I thought she was British, but then maybe it was just me knowing who she was, was that yeah. she was British. But Cat was saying she thought she had an Australian accent.
0: Interesting. So, but
1: I think she was British because her. Daughter at the start of the film, mm-hmm. actually I think all the way through the film, uh, was in England, yep. and because obviously Karen Dettle was playing an Australian, and ah. and then she was saying, "Yo, know, oh, I love being in England. Why?" And yeah. so like, uh, I think she was like complaining that they moved to Australia. Ah, uh, so
0: she's definitely playing someone who was
1: from Pretty sure, yeah. yeah. There you
0: go. Yeah, I've heard so many good things about this film. People keep asking me if I've had the opportunity to see it and I keep saying no, I haven't. But apparently, it, yeah, it's an absolute delight. And I guess it, it's interesting because you could argue that are we now making men the kind of object in this film? But I guess if it's done in a fun and tasteful way, then, you know, you can have a laugh at it.
1: So there you go. Well, definitely. Oh, and one of the, oh, there's a storyline in the it about one of the guys uh, who just doesn't know, like, he's got a, a big appendage, um, <laughs> but he, he just is the worst at, at sex. Oh, and, bless. And so yep. there's a, 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 a like a thing a storyline in there that they they deal with that sort of thing so it's it's good because it's like sex is one of those things that's very taboo when people don't talk about it yeah. but i think they they should do to get a, you know a better understanding of you know what's you know, it's all about and how to do it well, and like how to, you know, be better at it. Mm. And this—that's what this movie is all about: is people not being, uh, you know, satisfied with just what they've they've got, but to, you know, ask for what they want. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's it's great. So, uh, how to please a woman is not out until. Um, he said, "June." Uh, sorry, uh, next nine,
0: week. Next so week. Uh, that will be Thursday the nineteenth. That yep. is officially out, but it sounds like a cracker. So I reckon get your get your girlfriends together, friends or men, and and or take your boyfriend or your hubby or go and see this. I think it sounds like an absolute delight. It is great,
1: and I. I will give um, uh, How to Please a Woman uh, four and a half remote-controlled vibrators. Ooh,
0: there you go. Wowza. And uh, four and a half. Nice score. Nice score. We'll be back right after this.
1: You're listening to Unscripted, the film show...
0: You are indeed listening to Unscripted, the film show. And we probably should mention we have other shows too. We've got uh, Lewis and Kat who do Diz Down Under, all about uh, things Disney.
1: We, and we got joined by our friend uh, Michelle from the Disney Dream Girls on the, the last episode. Awesome. Where we spoke about the uh, Hotel New York, the art of Marvel at Disneyland Paris. Ooh. So this is a, uh, a hotel uh, in Disneyland Paris where uh, the uh, it's... Uh, basically, like a kind of museum to uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there's artwork, there's uh, Iron Man suits, there's Captain America shields. They've got a bar there called the uh, the Sky. I don't know it's called the Skyline Bar. It's a, it's basically uh, a bar, and you go into it, and the, behind the bar there's this massive uh, screen which looks like a window. Right. And the, what you're looking out onto is the New York City skyline with Stark Tower in the background. And while you're there, you'll occasionally see, like, Iron Man fly past or Spider-Man will swing by. Oh, cool. So it's like being in in, uh, New York and uh, uh, in the MCU, which is pretty darn cool. So if you want to find out more about that, do listen to this week's episode of Diz Down Under.
0: Absolutely. Uh, You can also access Tangent City. That's where uh, Lewis, Kat, myself and Rachel, we uh, sit down and we we take a bit of a topic, a pop culture topic of some sort, and we just... uh, Deep dive and tangent and uh, often we will not get into the conversation straight away. We'll just talk and talk and talk and then we'll briefly mention the co- the topic and then we'll steer off conversation <laughs> again. But look, it's a good laugh and uh, it's always nice to have people along uh, join join us with that one because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we do talk about some silly things. Uh, latest episode or one yet to hit, I think, is the Nicolas Cage Episode. Yes. I think that's the next one due to be released in which we talk all things Nick Cage, uh, all his films and uh, his quirky habits. Yeah, because so. he's having
1: a renaissance at the moment. So yes, he uh...
0: is, particularly with his uh, new film, The uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, in which he plays himself. So, yeah, if you are interested in listening to uh, Diz Down Under or Tangent City, or if you want to hear past episodes of Unscripted, the film show, you can visit the gentlemanofpopculture.com Uh, Or you can jump onto iTunes or wherever. wherever, I cannot speak tonight. (laughs) Wherever you get your streaming or your podcasts from. Uh, There's so many different platforms, but you can find them there. Uh, We still do have a little bit of time before we are completely finished for this afternoon. Uh, But... Unfortunately, the other film that we did see is not due out until next week. So we were going to wait and hold off talking about that. We'll one. hold off with
1: that one until next week. Next week, uh, you're definitely seeing uh, the new Top Gun film, Maverick. The new Top
0: Gun. It's been long awaited. It's been pushed back and back. I think at least a year now mm. due to COVID, even longer potentially. So I'm thinking I might revisit Top Gun before I go and see Top Gun Maverick.
1: Just yes. because
0: there's probably a lot that I've forgotten.
1: I actually bought it on uh, Blu-ray just to, to revisit visit oh, it. Oh, excellent. Because uh, I – honestly, I know I've seen it, but for some reason <laughs> – Can I remember it? Yeah, hmm. I can't really re- – uh, like, do, do you know, it's whenever I think of Top Gun – I think more of uh, Hot Shots, the Charlie Sheen um, parody.
0: Yes, and you know what? I do too <laughs> because I can't recall Top Gun that much. Uh, but I, I often think of, yeah, that one as well. I'm like, I remember the parody.
1: Because you remember there was that, that uh, the, the sex scene in the, in the Hot Shots where they've got food involved. And I think they put an olive in her belly button and then push her stomach down and it pops into her mouth. It's kind of like... It's,
0: I mean, that's hard to forget, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's hard to forget. But I I think yeah the original I can't remember to be honest. Yeah. So, I often sometimes get it confused with um, Con Air for some reason, too. Oh,
1: okay. Um, I
0: don't know why, but there's a plane involved, but well, completely Con-
1: different film. Con Air is a Nicolas Cage film. It so, is a Nicolas yeah. Cage
0: film. Uh, it's a great film, too, mm. uh, if you haven't seen it. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing Top Gun Maverick. I will revisit, hopefully, the original before I go in. So, I'm a little bit more prepared yes. for that one. Sorry, but I, it's great that you've got it on uh, Blu ray.
1: Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to, to, to watching it. Yeah. Um and because I, I I do feel the need the need for speed the need so. <laughs> need
0: for speed, uh yeah I you know and I know not everyone is a fan of Tom Cruise but mm. I don't mind him he's all right I don't mind him as an actor as a person probably not you know, someone I would hang out with. But, Mm. you know, I appreciate that he does his own stunts and um, I think he's gearing up for, or they have already filmed the latest Mission Impossible. I think
1: there's like two Mission Impossibles or something that they've filmed. It's just, yeah. So I
0: think they've just spattered those out so they'll be uh, hitting cinemas soon. So I'm always (laughs) interested because in each one of those there's a huge big stunt. I mean, there's lots of stunts Mm. but there's always that one big one that they focus on and I'm always like, how far is he going to push himself? Is he going to die? this time around.
1: And he always does that running scene as well. It's he always, always a, yeah. does
0: a running scene. But um, I just always recall the last one that he did where he broke his ankle and you see it in slow motion. Oh. And they only had one shot, so it's in the film, and you just see the pain on his face as he breaks it and he just keeps running. <laughs> that can't be good for your ankle if it's broken to I keep running on it. should not imagine. That cannot be good. No. I, yeah. I think, well, you, don't, um, you
1: know my friend uh, Eugene... Yeah, he uh, used to like run a lot uh, back in the day. ran ran heaps, um, right? And uh, fractured his ankle. And then uh, our friend Rebecca went to his house to pick something up or something like that. Uh, knocked on the door. He turned around. His foot didn't.
0: Oh my gosh! That's Horrendous! Yeah. Oh, that's so gross.
1: So look after your feet, people. Please and look if you after if you feet. run, just be just be mindful of uh, of, of uh, your feet and stuff.
0: Oh my <laughs> goodness! I think they could only do this scene once. They had it was going to cost too much for them to do it. And Tom Cruise was like, "Got to keep going." Yeah. So I think that adrenaline really kicked in, but it would have been crazy painful after. So you know, he's crazy, but he's good at doing stunts.
1: So mm, There you mm. go. I'm
0: going to admire him. For it's that. funny
1: to think, like when you look at his career, it's been largely action kind of stuff mm. that he's done and and kept it up. Like uh, because I mean that's that's he's still doing like the the Top Guns and well he's doing the Mission Impossible. I guess he's just doing his franchise films, Really, I
0: think he, that's what he enjoys doing. I haven't seen Tom Cruise in a serious film for a long time. Uh, to be honest, it's always kind of those action films. I just think that's what he enjoys. Doing, I'm having a bit of a look. Oh, look! War of the Worlds was a, quite a an interesting one. Mm. He played a, a father in that. I thought that was a good role. Um, I mean, you've got films like Eyes Wide Shut, but these are all really <sighs> old films and terrible films. Um, <laughs> Jerry Maguire, for example, uh, Risky Business. Oh, Cocktail, that's really good. Back. Uh, interview with it. Yeah. See, I mean, looking back, there's a few there, but traditionally, it is it, it really is action packed, mm. and I think that's just what he likes to do.
1: I guess, like, people are going to go see him and uh, that's, that's where he makes his money and stuff. Yeah. So Yeah, he was but, in
0: Rock of Ages, so. Do you,
1: think, do you think he'll ever get that point of being the elder statesman kind of actor and, uh, you know, doing those father roles or grandfather roles, you know, or, or will he just act, do this action stuff as he can't do it anymore?
0: I can't imagine him doing, yeah, those, those types of,
1: I, uh, yeah. But he's got to age at some point.
0: Is Does a, he know? Do he's got a lot of money, and he is a Scientologist.
1: So
0: <laughs> you never know. Do
1: you know what's um, weird though? When you, Like the at the moment, like so he's over fifty, right? Yeah. Actually, how old? How old is Tom Cruise?
0: He's got to be close to sixty, right? Um, or maybe not mid fifties, mid fifties,
1: mid fifties, probably. Yeah. Uh, so so Tom Cruise. Uh, is, no, I don't want his height. Um, <laughs> Short. <laughs> he's 59 years old. He's 59? He's 59 years old. So Tom Cruise is 59 years old, right?
0: That's crazy. He looks yeah. really good for his age. Ger- I'm sorry, but he does.
1: <laughs> Jared Leto, 50 years old.
0: Whoa. The
1: Rock, 50 years old like seriously when when you know i was a kid and yeah. you go this person's 50 they looked 50 they look, yeah, and, I know. And these these people do not look like they're 50
0: tom cruise does not look 50 like i mean he has aged and he's looking older but i wouldn't say he's 59 he looks more like 49
1: yes yeah but
0: i mean that's what money does you, when you've got money and you can get all these things done to you well i mean i should you think he's doing things to me? i don't I know know. I mean, do you think that if he, yeah, no, I think he would have probably gotten knee implants or <laughs> two, doesn't he have an uneven tooth that people always point out? I'm not. I'm sure, sure he would have got those fixed mm. if he if he really wanted to. Look, it, it's just funny. I think that yeah, keep keep going, Tom.
1: Well, maybe he's, you know, because he did play the vampire Lestat. Maybe uh, Mm. that is actually who he is uh, and he is actually a vampire. He's a
0: vampire. You know, he will probably end up being a bit like Liam Neeson, I think. He'll just keep pumping out the action films no matter how old he gets. But at each one he'll just do less and less stunts and more kind of talking.
1: Well, Liam Neeson didn't even start doing the uh, th- those kind of films until he, he was uh, older. Yeah. Like, really.
0: Well, uh, the Taken series was was much later on in life.
1: Yeah. Take, the first Taken was 2008.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and he's now, Liam Neeson's 69 years old. Nice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so Taken was in 2008. So he was in his 50s when he was doing that. So. Yeah.
0: And then he moved into, like, the, he did The Grey and then he's done all those other.
1: <laughs> Ice Road. Yeah, Ice Road.
0: and <laughs> then one on a train and a plane and a bus uh all of the above on every kind of transport possible uh he did one uh so yeah look i think he might just tom cruise might just end up being a liam neeson there's nothing wrong with that i think action films are a really important part and it's good to see that uh the senior citizens of the (laughs) acting world can still take on those roles uh, while the young people miss
1: out. I think one, one person that uh, might be doing himself a disservice uh, in the action side of things is Vin Diesel. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, in I the,
1: haven't seen Vin for a while. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, with as far as Vin goes, he's just uh, in the Fast and Furious films mm. and then he's in um, uh, he plays Groot in the Guys of the Galaxy and the extent of his uh, voice acting there is I Am Groot.
0: I Am Groot. I Which fa- they've probably just recorded
1: and they replay I don't know I think I think they get them to do it for each different kind of thing which is kind of weird but um, I found out today there's an island off the Northern Territory Mm. called Groot Island
0: Groot Island. Yeah.
1: It's spelled because it, Groot is G-R-R-O-T. Yeah. This is G-R-O-T-E, but I'll allow it.
0: I'll, I'll allow <laughs> it. I'll, I'll allow it. Do people inhabit the island or is it just a place that it's just an
1: island? I, I'm, I'm going to Google Imagine it Imagine
0: that. I, I live at Groot Island.
1: Yeah. Uh, so Groot Island, uh, G-R-O-T-E. Uh, and it's the island is like E-Y-L-A-N-D-T. Oh yeah, Groot Island. Um, Better. So Groot Island is an is the largest island in the Gulf of Carpentaria and the fourth largest island in Australia. It was named by uh, the explorer Abel Tasman in sixteen forty four, and is Dutch for large island. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, they were really. They large
0: island. <laughs> they
1: were really uh, putting a lot of effort into naming things back then. I like that
0: like, though. I
1: this like island, that. it's big. <laughs> I shall call it Large Island. So
0: simple, but so yeah. effective. So simple, and so that's really cool.
1: So I, I reckon, like, uh, uh, can you live on Groot Island? Uh, there is a number of communities on the island, including uh, Al Yangala. I. Uh, Ag- Groot. Uh, I can't pronounce these <laughs> names. I'm sorry. Um, the main town's a population around twelve thousand. Uh, uh, the crocodiles. Can you swim? How do you get there? Why is it called? Are there taxis? Um, I'm not sure if they can go there. I hope there is a a tourist bureau for Groot Island, and uh, it's uh, they decided to do a big campaign. Yeah, uh, and they just uh, you know the campaign is I am Groot, I'm- Ireland. <laughs> Ireland, I think that'd be great. Uh, so yeah, it's, I'm just I'm just uh, really. It does actually when you look at it like that, it kind of looks like Groot's head as well.
0: Oh, it is quite interestingly shaped. Yeah. It is big though.
1: Out, of, that's
0: huge.
1: It's a big island. <laughs> it's
0: certainly, it's a large island for sure. That's really cool. There you go, you learn something new every day. Groot Island. There you go, people. You've heard it here first.
1: Yeah, but getting back to the point I was trying to make was, yeah, Vin Diesel, um, the director of the, the, the Fast and the Furious films is, uh, I think, is it Justin Lin, I think, is the uh, the, the Fast and the Furious uh, director guy. Yeah. Um, he he's a step back from the the latest Fast and Furious because mm. uh, of uh, creative differences. Uh, mm. and that being uh, Vin Diesel is a tool, <laughs> uh, and and so yeah, he is he's gone. Uh, yeah, I've I've done a lot of these things, and uh, I am. I'm not going to be doing any more because wow. uh, cause he, he's terrible. Is
0: it really a series, though, without having Vin Diesel? I mean...
1: Well, no, no, Vin Diesel's still in it. The director. Oh, the
0: director, sorry, has left. Yes, oh, the, the director has, has
1: left. Um and, and so, uh, yeah, it's, so Fast 9, because he directed, he directed Fast 9, uh, which is, yeah, Justin Lin, and he was supposed to do 10, but he's, he's like, uh, mm. said, nah, nah, not, nah, nah, not going to nah, do that. Nah. Apparently Vin didn't even lift any weights before uh, nah. the, the filming started. Nah. Uh, so, yeah, Vin's just there for the paycheck. Not <laughs> His heart's not in it. Uh, so I don't see... I, don't
0: I see feel f- like there's got to be some heart there, though. Yeah. I mean, considering everything that's happened over the years... But I mean, I don't know.
1: I could be wrong. But he's uh, yeah. So uh, I don't see Vin being the uh, the, the Tom Cruise or the uh, the Liam Neeson. I don't see him acting well. into actually, how old is Vin Diesel? Let's I don't
0: think he will he will go as long as those guys. I think he will check out and do something else. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he's and like like you say, we haven't seen him in anything else really. And he's not the kind of guy that you could just put into like a drama because his his body is so obvious yeah, and, yeah. and big and, and he just suits those action-packed roles. He's
1: uh, he's 54.
0: Okay, so he's not as old as I thought. There you yeah. go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, action films. Um, Sicario, they're teaming up for a third one as well, which is great. So the first Sicario was released in 2015 and then there was a sequel in 2018. Um, and I'm interested because it's been taken over uh, from Denny who I always pronounce his name wrong. Um, and this one's going to be directed by Stefano Solomar. So that'll be interesting because the Sicario films have a tone about them mm-hmm. and um, they're quite gritty and, and, and stuff. So, but Josh Brolin uh, is returning to that one as well. So I'm really interested to see the third one because I love the uh, first two. So, but we are probably coming to an end of the show
1: Oh, that's a enjoyed no, it. No, it I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed
0: We've always got stuff to talk about, but never fear. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking about uh, To Olivia, the film about Royal Dahl and his family. Uh, Did you say Royal Dahl? Uh, Royal, Royl, Royl, Ro- Ro- Royal, Role, Royal, Ro- I can't say a Royal, Role, Role, Role Dahl. Royal Dahl? I think you have to say it right, rolled. Rolled. Rolled Dahl. Role Dahl. <laughs> uh, and then also Top Gun uh, Maverick. And I'm sure there's lots of other bits and pieces that we'll cover off as well. But until then. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.